Hello, beautiful queens, and join me as we open up conversations that help women walk through difficult transitions and inner healing while unleashing the potential that God has placed within all of us to become untamed and unchained. In each episode, you'll get the tools and resources to create the change in your life that you desire as you unleash your vision, your gifts, and your voice and your confidence to live the life of your dreams. I give my listeners and clients love and support. However, I do take the direct approach and we cut out that BS in your life. So instead of playing small, you can create big leaps into your life. Now let's dive into this episode. Hello, queens. I am so excited to introduce you to Edie. We met on Instagram. I actually heard her on a podcast and immediately was like, she needs to be on here. You guys need to hear her, connect with her and just really embody and hear the gifts that she has to offer and who she is. And so Edie, I'm going to let you run with it and introduce what you do. And then we're going to just go from there. So thank you so much, Leona. Um, same. I also heard you on a podcast. So this is like, yeah, just mutual fangirling. But um, my name is Edie and I am the uh, cosmic leadership coach. And I help women of the way, women of faith, step into their um, authority that's rooted in their kingdom identity. And so uh, what I love to do is just uh, see women who have something within them that's uh, desiring to be birthed in the world, step into that dominion, that agency, that that identity um that Christ is calling them to um because we are the plan for heaven on earth you know like when Christ came and gave us this beautiful message like we we were his plan to spread this the goodness the restoration and heaven and so um so often I feel like we get tangled up in things and in religion and dogma and woundings and um misalignments and sometimes we just need that friend along the way to help us untangle that with Christ and so that's that's what I'm all about ah Yes. And we do. And like you and I were discussing before we ever started talking on here is about like growing up in religion and growing up like in cult. And there's so many different teachings, even in this world that seem empowering to women, but they're actually disempowering. And there's a kingdom way and there's just coming back to the way that God designed us. And also, like you said, and I just had this conversation the other day where, you know, the prayer where kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I was like, we don't have to wait until heaven. Like, yes, heaven will be a whole nother experience, but it just excites me. And so for, to hear you say like to bring in kingdom and the women, it just lights my heart up. And I'm so excited for our conversation today. So I'm sure you've gone and you shared a snippet of it through a lot of different dynamics of getting to where you are today. It is actually a very scary journey. Like I know for myself, like there's, there was a lot of fears where I was like, God, is this of you? Is this okay? Which thank goodness we have the word of God. We can always come back to the truth in the Bible, but it's just, it can feel like really out of control. There's deep surrendering that gets to happen. And while yes, we're in a place where it's so beautiful and it's so um, empowering. And it's just, I would say like, I love where I'm at now because to help other women with it. But at the time there was times where I thought I was losing my mind. <laughs> so <laughs> I would love to hear your story on where you were and what brought you to doing what you are today. Yes. Yes. And that's so true. It's important to talk about that journey and not just the highlights. Right. And yeah. Cause yeah. And how to get there. And so for me, <clears throat> excuse me, I grew up in, I grew up in church 
Uh, my family was not like very dogmatic, pharisaical. Um, but I had uh, in college, a really fragmenting experience being a part of a cult. And, um, and I think also just my personality lended itself to that, um, that black and white view, that rule following, um, you know, identity, the good girl syndrome. And so I really took on a lot of the, the negative in that space and went out and found other teachings that corroborated this negative view of God and this, um, that has amplified this perfectionistic Edie, you know, who, Mm-hmm. Yes, it's not a religion, it's a relationship, but yet I was, you know, self-flagellating myself internally, daily, you know, seeking to be better and to do better and not be like a spider over the fires of hell, if you know, sinners in the hands of an angry God, like I used to read that, oh gosh, like just, just all that craziness. And so coming out of that space, just super disoriented, but not even fully realizing it and just relating to God in such a in such an, an orphan and slave spirit, you know, not the spirit and essence of the beloved. And so this really hit the fan, um, in marriage and especially after having kids, um, because I was running and running and running this program of, I do it all. I <laughs> stuff it all down and then just have resentful outbursts. Cause that's like the whole, yeah, that's the only holy way to like communicate my needs and just like leaking everywhere. And one of the pivotal moments I remember it, I had watched this documentary called shiny happy people. It's about like the Duggars and their situation. And like, it was actually quite toxic in that whole um, ecosystem. And I remember standing in my bedroom and it was like midnight and just being like, Jesus, if this is you, like if I have to live a crappy 80 years to experience having, like, I can't do this. Like, even if you are God, like I'll just take that chance because I can't do this. It's so Mm -hmm. painful to see this and to be a part of this. And like you said, that was frightening. This this had been my whole life, you know, and I was just expecting like the walls to like tear back and like just be plunged into the, you know, lake of fire in that moment. But what happened after that declaration was the most beautiful, the most tender, the most uh, just um, fruitful journey of Jesus just pulling back these layers and saying, that's not my voice this is and it's crazy because when I was in college there's times when Jesus was drawing me in tenderness and I thought it was the voice of the devil because I you know because Mm -hmm. I thought that God was harsh I wouldn't have said that but like that's what I thought and so and and in that journey just was so much healing um forgiving those former versions of myself and then also learning how to step into as as I was stepping into the identity stepping into the authority of Christ and showing up in my relationships in that confidence and in that um in the ability to take up space and again not from a self-sourcing kind of like I'm a boss babe I'm coming back into the world (laughs) but from a like I am beloved and and the same um love and spaciousness and abundance that I believe Christ wants to bestow to those around me he has first bestowed to me and really coming into that knowledge and that transformed my marriage and that was another tumultuous journey um that wasn't easy and uh, I had to open my mouth and I had to do things that I didn't think were what I was supposed to do but now our relationship looks so different and looks like I couldn't even if you had told me my marriage would look like this uh, even a year ago, I wouldn't have believed you. I felt hopeless and I was ready to walk out, you know, um, but 
God restored as he was restoring me, he restored our relationship and, and, um, restored and did work in my husband as well. So, and okay. And then in the midst of all that, um, I finally surrendered to the call to help women on their journey. I've had little pop-up businesses and social media pages along the way, but I've just been tamping it down by my own experience with having a coach during this very, um, kind of chaotic time showed me like, Oh, this is, this is the profession where you can kind of do this stuff. And so that's when I, um, also commenced coaching and started doing this, uh, this work that I do now. Oh yeah. And that was probably a whole nother surrendering. Like you said, surrendering. <laughs> I love, I love how you said holy communication. Like yeah. <laughs> <it> takes, <laughs> that good girl syndrome is just like wired so deeply in us. And it's like, I'm doing all the things, right? Like looking back and I have compassion for myself, but I also like I'm just entertained because it's like, I was like, I'm doing all the things right. I've got the boxes checked and I'm showing up and I'm doing this stuff. And why is nothing working? And I'm like, quote unquote, communicating. <laughs> and it's right. like from a shell, we are like, yeah. We're, yeah. we're doing what we think we should be doing and it's not working. And for you to actually, it hit so deeply when you said, you know, to Jesus, like, you can't do this. Cause I had a moment like that in my life as well, where I was just like, I remember I was so frustrated. I was so angry. And I was like, I can't do like, listen, <laughs> if we're going to be in a relationship, I'm like, you need to see my anger. You need to see my sadness, my bitterness, like all the stuff, like here is everything. And, and I went through like a lot of like, just, um, when I would drive, like talking to Jesus and like crying and screaming. And I remember <laughs> one day throwing a fit and I was like, why does it always have to come to the point that I'm so angry? And it was like, you know, not audible, but so clear the voice that is when you actually give me your heart. And I was like, mm -hmm. wow. Oh my gosh. I was like, that's right. That's part of me surrendering of like really opening my heart to allowing Jesus to actually truly see me. And you know, it's interesting, even when you were saying about your husband, how that transformed, because yeah. I say how we show up with the men in our life is how we show up with God. Like there's a lot to be said in all of that. And so when you first began, like, I'm sure you probably didn't go to your, go to your husband and be like, well, our marriage is going to change now. Like, <laughs> and then it just happened like this happily ever after. What was the beginning of your journey where you began to experience the transformation like within you and you began to see there's a transformation happening in your marriage? Yeah. So the, one of the biggest pieces was believing that I deserved more and deserved better. So, mm -hmm. um, and, and I will preface this by saying my husband is a very safe man. He's not, he's not struggling with addiction. He's, you know, not any of those big things. He's not physically, verbally, emotionally abusive. He's just like very easygoing, like amazing man, um, which I could not see for the longest. And uh, shout out to my husband who's listening to this, probably crying because he's also <laughs> sensitive and amazing. But so when I first accepted that marriage didn't have to look like this, and in fact, shouldn't, if marriage is Christ in the church, like, who, uh, 
who wants to be united with Christ if the union looks raggedy? You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. just just being married is not the goal. You want to be married well, right? If you, yes. if you want to mirror Christ in the church, it like Christ is not abusive to us. Christ is not neglectful. He's not, he doesn't give us a silent treatment. Thank goodness, you know? And so I, when I realized that, that is, it is saying my right. And that even feels, but I believe it. Like it's our right. And everybody has this right and ability and this birthright, right? Um, as we walk with Christ to experience that restoration, that wholeness, including mm-hmm. our marriage. You know, sometimes we, that's the one thing we don't want to touch. You know, <laughs> it's the one thing God can't heal and can't touch. Um, and I had to come to the point as well of putting Christ and his call and his words above my marriage. And I know that sounds sacrilegious, but I had to come to the point where I either believe in the fullness of your kingdom in every relationship, or I, or I have to believe that your goodness is not for this, you know, mm-hmm. when I accepted that, then came the understanding, like then came kind of the work that Christ was then able to do the work in me to begin having conversations and to begin a- acknowledging my behavior where I had made myself the victim and the martyr and also where I had enabled, you know, um, Scott, my husband, because before I was holding on so tightly to the marriage, not even to the actual relationship and the health of my husband, right? Because we were mm-hmm. both miserable, but like just to the idea of marriage, I was holding on so tightly that God couldn't speak and we, I couldn't have the necessary disruptive conversations about how things were just not working out, you know? And, um, another controversial thing. I'm not a marriage coach or anything like that, but I, we, I got to the point where I was like, I'm leaving. Like I, I found it. I found an apartment. I've got a date set. I'm taking our two girls and we're going. And it was in that just like very disorienting time for me more so for Scott. Right. Because I've been thinking about this and we'd been butting heads, but in that, from that, we, we needed to like, look face, look in the face of not living life together anymore to make, to re, to recommit and make that decision. And I, I looked in the face of the stigma of divorce. What would my family say? We don't have any divorces on my side of the family. Like the girls, like trauma, will they have trauma? Like what, you know, you hear all these things. I had to look this in the face and say, I still believe in your goodness, God. And I, and I Mm -hmm. trust that you have more in store for me. And being able to do that brought such a freedom and release and ability to, no longer hang on by with my nails to Scott and to the relationship, but to begin to love him as him, regardless of whether or not he was a partner I continued with, if that makes sense. And so mm-hmm. it that's really what just cracked those those pivotal moments really cracked our marriage open in the most beautiful and painful way. Mm-hmm. And what was wonderful and I know what doesn't always happen so I'm very grateful is that we both were able to say like yes I want to do life with you and I'm willing to put in the work I'm I Edie am willing to like put to death the good girl syndrome and allow Christ to touch those parts of myself that have been um a safety mechanism for so long and Scott was able to lay down the things he himself you know struggled with and wrestled with and um it's just that like nobody can tell me God does not exist not because of some scientific reason or miraculous sign, but just seeing the transformation he was able to render in our relationship 
is enough. Like nobody will ever be able to convince me otherwise. So yeah, yeah. that was longish, but No, that was beautiful. I love how you went into it and thank you for sharing so openly. And, you know, you had made the comment you said about, you said this from answering the last question, which I'm going to bring it over here of like, instead of coming us coming from a place of like, um, I'm going to use the term strong and independent. I've got this boss, babe, and all those different things versus allowing ourselves to take up the space and actually feel that we are beloved. We are chosen. We are cherished. We are valued. And it, each person is, every couple is different and we can't speak for overall. So like you said, this isn't like saying if you're in an abusive relationship or whatever to just, oh, however, men actually really are simple. Like they, when, when, when us women can truly come home to Christ and allow Jesus to do that deep inner heart surgery. And we become open and we, we feel safe to be seen and we feel chosen and we feel cherished and we feel protected. And I can honestly say, I, I mean, I'm not married, but I truly feel that with with Christ. And I went through a lot to get to that point because I was always like, why did you <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> I'm <too> mad. <laughs> and everything in my life shifted, like all my relationships and even how I saw men. I was like, wow. And um, bringing that back around to, did you like when you say about, because this is, I feel like this is a big one is women not feeling safe to take up space mm -hmm. to be seen what what was your experience like that for him actually for your husband actually to see you and for you to start using your voice of what do you truly need and desire in this marriage because that can feel really really scary um when we never have done that or we've been taught and it's been suppressed and we have like the self-sacrificing and all of those things yeah. Yeah. It, it, it feels so scary. And that that's been a big theme of, of um, even this year for me is that visibility, both in business and in relationships, you know? Um, but during that time, it, it it's funny because he did see me in a lot of ways, you know, mm -hmm. and the interesting thing as well, again, it, every relationship is different and some, some men may truly not like be, may, may be okay with a good girl mask and go about their day, but there's so much that Scott did see about me, but I, I ignored it. Uh, I, I, and I couldn't see it, you know? And so it was almost like this unveiling of realizing like, oh, you do know me more than I thought you did. Like, and, um, once, once, you know, there's, there's, it seems like there's often that kind of inflection point, right. That point of surrender. And like, mm -hmm. once I was able to say, okay, like I, I, I deserve to be seen. This is my birthright and I'm going to do it in this relationship. And here's my little, my little mustard seed of faith. And I step out and I communicate something and I say something, then it, it, it just, like I said, unveils and opens. And again, if you're, you know, and not that the response is always exactly what I want, yeah. but the response uh, within me with Christ was enough in that, in that faith and trust to continue doing that, you know? And, mm -hmm. and it built this 
virtuous cycle of, you know, you don't, once you start getting out of the box, you don't want to go back in. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, does, it won't always be a struggle if you're at the beginning stages of this. Like, it feels so painful. It feels scary because most likely not being visible has kept you safe. Like, you know, they say that T-Rexes, they think couldn't see anything if you didn't move. Like, you've probably been in situations where if you stuck out too much, if you were too loud, too whatever, too visible, that, you know, you would have been hammered down, right? Yeah. And so there's something in your body, in your mind, your subconscious that that is protecting you, you know? And mm-hmm. so it's it's scary when you take those first steps. But as you do that, like it, it, your body then gets that feedback of, oh, okay, it is safe. The other shoe doesn't drop. Oh, they actually responded well to this. Um, and that's, again, why it is important that this is with a safe person, right? Because yeah. this, this is not always, you know, there are parts of, there are, places, people's situations where you do want to mindfully protect yourself. But even in that, it's not a, it's not from a place of fawning, you know, um, freezing or fawning, but from a place of like the beauty of who I am um, doesn't need to be revealed in this situation, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's such a different mindset, moving in passion and love, not fear. Ooh, (laughs) that was that was really good. I felt that one moving in passionate love instead of fear. That is, yeah. And that's something that we can actually sit with ourselves too on. Like, am I like in curiosity of like, am I moving in passionate love or am I moving in fear? And I always, like, I know like when we come from religion, I like a while back when I was like digging in, I was like, religion really comes from three pillars. And that is fear, guilt, and shame. Mm -hmm. And so I began to ask myself, like when I was doing something, I was like, is this being motivated by like fear or guilt or shame? Because it can show up and look the same, but it's completely a different thing. And the people in our relationships, like they, they feel that they, you know, and so with us women, the fact of moving moving in passionate love, that means that we allow Jesus to wreck our hearts with passionate love. And I remember one morning when Jesus revealed to me, most are not afraid. Most are not afraid of bondage. Most are afraid of the intensity of my love that I have to give to them. And I was like, yeah, because it's unfamiliar. Like we are familiar with, you know, some of the stuff in the back. And so so what would you say to the woman that is like, okay, this, this, this sounds great. This whole thing of like tra- transformation and, and stepping into receiving my kingdom identity. But I just feel so like, how do I let go? How do I surrender? And where do I even begin in my journey with this? Yeah. Yeah. What a beautiful liminal space and I'm excited for any and all women who are in that space because there is just like a field of goodness take it from us like it may not seem like it now but like oh like the bliss you're seeking is on the other side of this tumult (laughs) (laughs) one of the things uh that's been really impactful for me is the whole concept of spirit and in truth like Jesus talks about worshiping in spirit and in truth and I like to use those filters in my life and so spirit in the sense of looking at what is not seen, not just the tangible, right? Mm-hmm. And then in truth, in um in full transparency and acknowledgement of what is. And so I think um 
if you're first starting out on this journey, if you're now getting this whiff of a different life and you want to go there, one of the things that is you, you have to be able to move in, to move in deeper peace and bliss and freedom is to acknowledge the truth of what you believe and um, how you're showing up and how you perceive God, even if you don't want to have these feelings, because the fact of the matter is they're going to come out sideways if you don't acknowledge them and, and, and let Christ um, like alchemize them with you. So, um, and I think that's another thing in religion that, that sadly uh, is very prevalent is this whole idea of like behavior modification and like weaponizing instead of um, using scripture and God's voice and God's word as a, as like your guide, as your like waypoint along the way and saying, okay, with Christ, I'm getting there. And like, mm -hmm. as an exciting thing of the deeper bliss, we use it as judgment against ourselves. And like, you are not here yet. And so just be that thing, like without the inner work, without the healing, without laying it bare and resolving what it is that it's stemming from, you know, it, it creates yeah. this kind of masking. And so I think like a big thing is again, just getting these things that are bubbling in you on the table. God already knows they're there. God already, yeah, God already knows that they're there. It, it's not sacrilegious, wrong or bad to be plain and be clear. And yes, God knows they're there. And the the act of speaking out how you feel, speaking out what you believe is also deeply important to you. Like it's, it's, more, it's more for you than for God. And in vocalizing them, then you're giving... A, Christ entryway into that bedroom, into that closet, into that storeroom mm. to say, okay, let me now, let me, let me turn on the lights, you know, let me help yeah. you unpack this. And, and I, so I think that's one of the biggest things. If you're, if you're, if you feel stuck, you feel frustrated, you feel resentful, start, start journaling about it, sit with yourself and, and dive into the truth of how you are perceiving the world, what you believe. If you, if the first thing that bubbles up is I hate my husband, write it down. Don't self-coach yourself and say, I shouldn't. And that verse about, you know, hating is murder. Like, yes, we get it, right? We, we know where we're trying to go, right? But we're not there yet. And trying to squeeze yourself to get there is not going to work. It hasn't worked, right? So let's try something new. Just mm -hmm. experiment with it. Let's give it a month. Let's see, how does life look different when I am operating in spirit and in truth and not just trying to modify my behavior? And at the end of 30 days, if you're not seeing a difference, if it's terrible and you feel far away from God and everything's falling apart, I would say that you're in the transition period and you should keep going. But at least you've done the experiment and you've tried it. But um, I think that's one of the biggest things in in starting this journey. Yes. And it's it's interesting when we journal, when we begin to journal, how we become aware of how hypercritical we are of ourselves, judgmental. Yeah. And like, um, I call it like the spiritual bypassing, uh, when you were saying, you know, it's yeah. like you write it down and you're like, oh, but let me correct that and make that align with the word of God. And it's <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like, and, and I know I, and I'm sure you, you will notice this. I used to do it myself. And so now I see it in other people where I'm like, you know, I'm sure you've heard this phrase of like when people. People are like, but God is good all the time. And I'm right. like, <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yeah. oh, wait, that was not where we were going with it. <laughs> right, right, right. Yep. yep. This one. Yeah. So breaking out of, so 
I know for myself, when I first kind of heard about the good girl syndrome, I asked this, myself this question. And so I'm going to bring it on here. I mean, and I, and I don't really remember how the answer got revealed, but I'm sure there's women that are asking the question, well, I wonder if I have the good girl syndrome. Oh yeah. yeah. So what are some things that will, that they might be struggling with or come up on the inside of themselves to, cause a lot of this is subconscious behavior. Like That's we're true. not even aware that we're quote unquote, good girling. And especially I know <laughs> for me, when I first heard, I was like, oh, I don't have good girl syndrome. I'm like the rebel for Jesus. And, Here you go. <laughs> and then Jesus was like, about that. Yeah. About you, that. you actually do have some good girl syndromes that we're yeah. dealing with. So it was, you know, humble pie on the daily, but I just, yeah, I, cause because it can be such a subconscious thing, I would love for, for you to uncover some of that stuff. Yeah, that's really good. And I did sit down and think about some like, what, what does that look like on the surface? And so there may, what I'm about to say, it may be a whole different kind of subconscious programs running, but if you're listening to this podcast, if you're in our world, chances are, um, yeah, you have some, what are they called? Well, it's kind of comorbidity. My mom's a doctor, so I throw out these random words. <laughs> comorbidity <laughs> with the good girl syndrome to get a little technical here. Um, but one that, uh, so that the resentment and, and resentment is that, you know, that simmering anger. Yeah. If you have these explosive moments, even if it's not at somebody else, even if it's at yourself, if you have journal pages where suddenly your handwriting gets really aggressive and really big, you're angry, you know? And if it's in your journal like this, chances are you're not talking to the person who triggered that anger. Right. Um, if you have that like kind of running tape of that, that inner critic, pointed at yourself and others. And, you know, this can look like you did, like your husband did the dishwasher. Like, we well, didn't do that. Right. <laughs> you never did it. I can't believe that. Da, 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 da. You know, that, that mm -hmm. those are some symptoms of resentment. And then even physically, when, if you have a lot of headaches, a lot of stomach issues, you know, mm -hmm. if you're getting sick a lot, um, there are studies done that talk about, um, how chronic stress can lead to um, autoimmune disorders and chronic disease, you know? Um, so some of these even physical manifestations, um, if you find yourself um, smiling and laughing when you don't want to a lot, mm -hmm. I know it sounds like a trivial one, but that's one um, that's your fawning response, you know? Yeah. I used to do that big time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Same, same. Um, and, and I think some of the less, the more like meta concepts, like if you kind of identify as like a perfectionist or you think of yourself as a giver, you're, um, and you know, if you're truthful in your moments of anger, you're probably an overgiver or over-sacrificing. If you think of yourself as a martyr at times, and this can be really hard to admit, but if, if you're, you're playing the martyr, if you're having a lot of always and nevers come out of your mouth. I always do this and never get that. Like oh, they man. never do this. You know, I'm always the one X, Y, Z, like you're playing the martyr, right? Cause unless somebody put a gun to your head, you did those things of your own volition, you know? Um, and I'm speaking to my, my mm -hmm. former self and parts of my current self. So <laughs> we're going to shoot straight. Um, what else would you say? Like, what are some other symptoms? Those were, oh, that was so good. And I, my kids are the ones that called me out on that. Cause I was always wow. like, yeah, I was, I would always be like, I'm always the one that does this or you guys never da da da. Yeah. And my middle one who is, you know, the unleashed version of myself yep. would be like, you're the one that's making these choices. Oh, snap. 
Okay. I love that. Yes. Yes. And, and it will like, also, like you said, the lot, you know, when you smile and I, the more that I was being restored back to who God called me to be, the more I didn't have the ability to do that. Cause I would always just, if I was in pain, if something hurt me, I would just quickly smile. Cause I would like yeah. mask it, you know? And, um, I would, yeah, you, I would say you covered mo most, like as you were going, I was like, yeah, I think I checkmarked all of those that <laughs> you actually named, named off. I know resentment was a big one for me. Um, feeling, you know, the, when you, when, not having boundaries is yeah. a big one, you know, which ties in with all of those. If you struggle to say no, but your body, mm. if you're saying yes, but your body is saying no, that's a good girl syndrome. Cause it's like, you're, you're fawning or you're people pleasing, or you feel like the need for approval and it can feel, be really feel really uncomfortable to sit with those emotions. And I know even for myself, when I was working through the fact of like, and you were saying, you know, earlier with your husband, when you would share something that you need or share something that you desire, what is their response going to be? And I remember working with my therapist and she's like, you're not responsible for their response. Like if they don't accept or receive what you're saying, that's their own internalization. And while I knew it up here in my head, like, you know, always other people's behavior is a reflection of themselves, but it just gave me this, um, like once we also did somatic healing, once I really was able to open my heart up into that space of like, oh my gosh, I'm allowed to ask for what I want and need. And if they don't want that's, that's okay. It's okay for them to say that. And it's okay for me. It has nothing to do with me. However, I'm responsible for communicating what I need and what I desire, you know, even with like my children, they're now older and they're doing their things. And sometimes I like consciously have to stop myself and be like, okay, Leona asked, like, for example, Christmas time, they wanted cookies and candy. And so I was like, I ain't doing this by myself. Like the good girl version of me would have, I, I did it all, but I was like, okay, so if you guys want this, what, which Saturday would work and we'll all come together and we'll, and we had a lot of fun, but it's, you know, actually stopping ourselves and consciously being like, okay, I'm going to communicate this. And with that one, it was easy, but I know sometimes we sit in that we have to actually sit in the discomfort of those feelings and navigate through it of like, this doesn't feel good. Or like somebody's, you know, um, somebody's reaction can trigger us or it can make us. And you also made the comment. I have to talk about this for a moment about deserving. And I was literally talking with my therapist this morning. We were talking about deserving and how, and, and I would love to hear your feedback on this, um, what your thoughts are on it. Because it's such, I feel it's such a potent thought that people have that dictates like their life. And mm -hmm. I was saying, you know, that I can't remember the exact statement that I said, but I said, you know, I feel like the further I go with the kingdom of God, then sometimes I'm like, do I deserve this? Like, you know, because like you come from sacrificial and like religion. And then you step into, and she was saying, like, we were talking about surrendering to abundance and she's like, yeah, she goes, you know, we get, 
we get so caught up in if we deserve something or not, but it's really none of our business. We're trying to control the situation when we're trying to say, I deserve this or don't deserve this. Yeah. And I was like, that that just unleashed a whole podcast episode, not even thinking that it's coming out right now in this moment. So I would love to hear you talk about that because you're like nodding your head. So I'm like, I feel like you have some juicy goodness to share. Right. I'm curious. Yeah. What you're, what you also gleaned from that. That is a hard word. And I used it purposely because for a lot of my life, I thought I deserved like anything bad. Like as long as I would like, even if I was beaten, mugged and laid out in the street, that's what I deserve because I'm a wretched worm, you know, like I'm a sinner. And I don't, I kind of reject that because I don't like, one of the things that helped me as I, and still does, as I kind of entangle some of these um, good girl tendrils is, does this apply to just me or to everyone? Like, mm-hmm. can I look at Leona and say, oh yeah, Leona deserves to be mugged. Like, cause she's, she sucks. Yeah. Like, like, absolutely not. Like, I just, I felt weird even saying that, you know, and I don't even know you, I haven't even known you that long. And I know that that's not true, you know? And so I think, cause there's often this imbalance, like when you're operating in religion, like, cause really, you know, we're seeking hard. We want to bring good in the world. We want to do well, mm-hmm. but we just kind of leave ourselves out of the equation, right? Yeah. We go about it in a weird way. So so for me, I like using the word deserve, but it, it isn't exactly, it doesn't fit every situation for sure. Like um, I use it in this context, but I think like, I hear that too. Like, I, I love think- though, how you use that just to interrupt you for a moment, yeah, because it's, it's something that, that, and that's why I love that you brought it out that I deserve this because most people are not willing to yeah. actually take authority, yeah. which is the next question that I'm going to ask you. Um, <laughs> if my mind goes blank, just remind me okay, it was about you. authority because <laughs> I feel like we're kind of like, however, like it's, it's a subconscious belief that shows up in women. All I don't feel like I deserve this. I don't feel like I'm deserving of this. And this is, I, I, I love that we're uncovering this and we're actually talking about this. Cause I think this is going to make a lot of women aware that it's actually running a a show in their life, even as far as like their marriage, like I don't deserve to fully be loved and have an intimate relationship with my husband and to have connection and where it's fun and we're making memories and we have great sex and we actually can build a beautiful life together. Like in their mind, they're like, I want that. But there's usually, there's a difference between us wanting something and then actually experiencing that the experiencing in our heart that we are worthy of it, that we, that we are deserving of it. So the way that you presented it was so beautifully beautiful. And when we decide that we're not worthy, and that was kind of her conversation point between her and I was like, when we decide we're not worthy, we're, we're actually trying to control God of saying like, Hey, I'm not deserving of this, or I'm not worthy of this. And it was like this big moment. Cause like when Jesus died, he paid the price for it. Like he said all these things about us. So, um, speaking of when you were talking about taking authority, cause there's a difference between us also like walking with Christ and we have an authority and a lot of that gets left on the table. So what do you have to say about that of people learning, like women learning how to use their authority in Christ? Yes. I love talking about this. Cause yeah, we don't, that word can feel icky as well, but man, like 
the whole concept of like authority and dominion is baked into the kingdom and in what Jesus did, right? And 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 authority so interplays with this whole concept of deserving and and bliss. Mm-hmm. There, our identity fuels as we as we ground in our identity, we become more aware of the authority we have in Christ to receive heaven in the here and now. And so your your ability to recognize and hold more and more the truth of the power Christ has placed in you, I believe directly influences the reality of heaven you're able to experience in the here and now. Mm-hmm. So like authority, because when we're talking authority, we're talking about you believing that, for example, that the power of Christ through you can bring restoration to the situation. You know, like mm-hmm. take the example of my marriage, like part of what was happening was that I believe that I have the authority over miscommunication. I have authority over good girl syndrome. And as I'm walking in that and embodying that in Christ is showing mm-hmm. me that I have dominion over those things, then the the abundance that was locked behind my um, slavery to these anti-kingdom principles, anti-kingdom entities, anti-kingdom structures, the abundance that was locked behind that becomes open. The portal is now open, you know? And so that's like authority and identity are almost, they're one in the same, but I like parsing them out because as women, we shy away from that, you know, um, oftentimes, especially in the church, but that authority is so important. We, and, and it's, it's not a, this, oh, we talked about this off the record, I guess, or, but like before our time together, it is not my authority luckily because i i ain't got yeah. no authority. i've been on this earth like less than three decades like i ain't got no authority <laughs> but it's the authority of the one who created the cosmos and that's why i like talking about like cosmic authority like if christ is in you like he said you know you are in me i'm in my father like we're all mm-hmm. in here then you have that transmuted authority of christ and so mm-hmm. like you have this cosmic authority in the physical realm you know but also in this like the spiritual like etheric realm like against some of these um things that we don't see but we feel the influence of right when we look at wars and like hell on earth right there's heaven on earth and there's hell on earth like we see that now right mm-hmm. we have authority over these things and so as we as as children of god in general and especially as women because we have so much locked inside of us that we shy away from because authority feels scary and we don't understand the 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 feminine essence of authority that, you know, it, it's not just a masculine principle. Like God has it tr- imbued it to all of us. Like as we begin to step into that in our own potent way, it may not look exactly the same, you know, and it, it shouldn't look, I don't think exactly the same, whatever, but um, like people begin to gain freedom. Like I truly believe that as we, as daughters walk in this, like wars will start ending, like, you know, droughts will start ending. Like there's this this, I just did a post about this and scheduled. So I'm like all geeked up about it. But like the plan, when Christ came, the plan was heaven. And what is heaven? Perfection, restoration, et cetera. Like, of course, it's a progressive thing. It's not, we don't see that all fully in the here and now, but like he left us the authority to bring that on every dimension and every level. And so that's why authority is so important because um, it, it's, it's so important to, yeah, take more and more dominion um, internally and externally. 
Yes. Yes. And that was a big missing piece. I know I had for a long time it was like, I was working on the identity of like the identity of who I am, but actually taking authority over things in my life. It was like, I, it, I don't know, was I just unaware? I'm, I'm guessing I was just something that I wasn't taught or I wasn't unaware of it. And a lot of times, you know, people will bow down to like, they won't take authority over this. And we do. And when you were talking about that, I was just like, oh my gosh, so juicy. It's so good. It's like so many different things, which I feel is like probably a lot what you do with your ministry, your business. And I would love to hear more about that. Like, what is it that you act? So cosmic leadership. Yeah. What even made you come up with that name? And even how was that to surrender to the business that God has led you, brought you to and asked you to do? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's definitely been a journey. So I love like marketing and messaging. I have like five brand names and I'm like, these are so good. Somebody please take these and run with them. But God was like, these are not the names that I want you to call what you're doing. So I even had to like, I like rebranded and then had to come back. And I'm like, let me sit here and be, be obedient. So cosmic leadership came to me as, yeah, I was praying and I really wanted something to encapsulate the call I felt. And, um, you know, would it be great if maybe I didn't, I don't know. I like label. I like names. Like I said, I'm a brand. Yeah. So, <laughs> so as I was praying, um, it, it really just dropped in me and I was like, cosmic leadership coach. Oh, I'm like, Oh gosh, it sounds so like, how am I going to go on LinkedIn and say I'm a cosmic leadership coach? Don't make me do this. God. Don't make me do it. I can't face anybody. Um, but it just, it felt like, it, you know, that like when it just lands, Yes. I like tried to, you know, you're like, okay, but what about, nope. What about, okay. yeah. I don't know. Like, yes. Um, and so the whole idea of cosmic leadership is this, this, so leadership first and foremost of ourselves. And, and, um, I like to say like the queendom of our lives, you know, and Ooh. yeah, it's like, I haven't heard that one before, not to interrupt you queendom. No. Cause I, I call it like the guest that I'm like queen, you know, I say queen a lot. So anyway, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah like throw that in there. Yes, exactly. Yes. Because it, and it, it, it's so true. And it's not trite. Like, I love that you say queen, cause it's so true. Like, you know, we're again, we're co-heirs. And so cosmic leadership is, is learning to exercise, learning to align with your kingdom identity and exercise the authority that comes along with it mm. in your, in every sphere, in your business, you know, in how you show up in parenting, um, and mm. how you pray for other nations and for your city, you know, and, um, Mm. the the language of jesus's um ministry on earth was about like kingdom you know mm. and really just leaning into that and not in a weird like we're gonna physically conquer the world through war like the crusades we're not doing that again um <laughs> but like truly in the spirit realm because you know we people like to say we're spiritual beings having a physical experience but think about the fact that like god is literally spirit right and um the 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 weight is in the spirit realm. And, and so there is, there's nothing to fear or like, it's, it makes sense to move in the spirit realm and, and to approach things from a spiritual perspective. So yes, we, we 
learn how to guide in the tangible. We do the practical things, you know, um, you're just talking about like structure and foundation, but like, we also understand that, um, you know, just as our God is spirit, we are spirit first and foremost and learning mm -hmm. how to take leadership of ourselves in the intangibles, in our emotional world, on in our inner landscape, in this, in the spiritual realm, you know, and all of these different kinds of things. So it's like multidimensional. So that's, and, and honestly, like, I'm still figuring out the word. It's such a vast thing, but that's really what it's about and helping. And what I do specifically is help women untangle and unravel all the things that have uh, latched on to that identity. That's always there. This is not about crafting something new, but, yeah. you know, remembering and reawakening. And then from that place, understanding, okay, where has God called me to bring heaven on earth? And like, how, how has he called me to do it? In what way has he, you know, and so that, that's, that's what it's all about. Ooh, that's so, that's so powerful. And it's so true. It's funny because it's like you said, we're not creating something new and that's what makes it so beautiful is <clears throat> When God created you and I, we were written with a design. We came with the desires. We came with unique things about ourselves. And then life came along and there was things that were placed, conditioning, generational, the world, all the different things. And now it's literally like removing those. And like I say, coming back home to who God created us to be, she's she's in there and you get to like unravel those parts and pieces. And that was a lot why like with Unchained and Untamed, I'm like, we all have untamed versions of ourselves that are screaming to come out. <laughs> and that happens when you become unchained. And it was a whole vision that God had given me. And it's so funny. I know, I know exactly what you're saying about like, um, I'm kind of like, do I want to share this right now? But it's going to be in January. So I can share when <laughs> I have this course that I'm putting together. And just randomly, it came to me holy and wild. And I was like, hmm. that sounds kind of, <laughs> but I was like, I know, I know, Jesus. <laughs> I'm not even going to mess with it. I've already right, gone right. down that. <laughs> right. I, I just got chills. I love that. Yeah. So it's not fully like birds yet, but it's like there, the, the beginning of it. And so I love what you're doing um, with your women. Well, you have you have a group container now has it started already or is it like so yeah can you give more details just so yeah. if there's women that want to join that thank you for asking yeah it's um right now it's just a rolling admittance um okay yeah so we've we've begun so um the greenhouse i call it a spiritual incubator so it's for that woman of the way especially um those of you who are following Christ, but like we talked about unraveling some of that dogma, figuring some of that stuff out and want a safe place to do that and specifically return home to identity and your cosmic authority. And so um, this is really, this is not like in addition to my one-on-one -on -one coaching, I'm really moving towards this being the one place that I'm showing up every day. So this is high touch, um, multiple meetings uh, a month, um, direct support for me to really just um, commune with each other and also oh. learn, um, yeah, more about our identities and authority. And a fun thing that I do in my group is that every month, um, a couple women can win free like one-on-one -on -one sessions with me. So it's all included. And then as the group grows, I'll open more of those spots. So yeah, I just, I really want it to be a one-stop shop for that, um, yeah, that woman of the way uh, following Christ who wants to I mean, just bring heaven on earth, shake up the cosmos, you know, that's a little 
things we do. <laughs> yes, yes. And we need like all the women that possibly will act like for them to step into this and to take authority because everything and I know like I've had a lot of people ask me, why do you do what you do? Mm -hmm. Um, which is I'll ask you the same thing. And my biggest one was because like we all know the term, if mama ain't happy, nobody's happy, but it can seem so, feel so plastic. Yeah, we already know. If mama... No, really. Like the woman in the household, she is like, um, well, we are, we are the vessel. Like we are really, really the, and I'm not saying this to like actually put pressure on women. Once we learn actually how powerful God has designed us and we allow ourselves to be restored back to the woman that he has called us to be and created us to be the, the whole, I like for me and my experience, the Holy spirit became much more alive, wasn't suppressed. And yeah. I began to trust and I began to surrender and it's like, we, it's not like it is, we are the vessel that God flows through and that, that flows into our marriages, into our children, into the generations to come. Like mother Teresa always said, if you want to change the world, start in your own home. And it's like, if the mamas can step in and the wives and the women can step into the empowerment that God has given, not the worldly empowerment of like, I'm a strong, independent woman. <laughs> Tried that one. That one doesn't yeah. work for the record. Right. <laughs> but really like being the beloved chosen daughter of a king and mm -hmm. come home to herself. There's so many transformations and it just like brings tears of joy to my heart because it's life-changing. Yeah. And when we can bring women like together and like do like you're doing a group container that is creating a ripple effect of like across the board of doing these things. And so when you think about why you do what you do, what makes it so passionate and brings the bliss and joy to your heart to do what you're doing? Yeah. I, um, I think of my grandma on my, on my dad's side. Um, I'm named after her. Yes. Um, she's since passed, but she was, um, Precious had multiple, so many kids, seven, eight <laughs> kids, but, and I don't know her whole life, but from the outside looking in, she was just a very quiet woman. We talked about like being seen and not heard, like mm -hmm. that whole thing. And just very much felt like uh, her whole life, what revolved around serving others. It felt like she didn't have a voice and maybe she was content there. But I remember I always, and I still wonder like, God, what was locked inside of her? Yeah. And I'm not it's not about the homemaking and like, I'm bringing my girls home from daycare. Like we're going to do that whole thing. I told you, y'all pray for me. If you listen to um, <laughs> probably in January now and it's dicey, but yeah. <laughs> um, and it's not about that, but it's just, you know, it's almost like there was no other option for her and she mm -hmm. just didn't, wasn't in the spotlight or I don't know. I just never saw her lit up like that. And so I just, that has always, that has always stuck with me and I don't want to see one other woman Aww. without I don't want to see one other woman not know the precious gift that is inside of her. And I don't want the world to miss out, you know, on the potent medicine, like you yeah. said, of a woman unleashed and um, just that, that vessel overflowing. And so that's, that's what I do. And, and I think that the remedy for the pain we see in the world is us like as people yeah. collectively, and there's so much locked inside of women. We have so much power, so much create, like just naturally creator power. 
And I know mm-hmm. that translates in the spirit realm, you know, like there's just so much inside of us. So that's what I do, what I do. And um, yeah, I also want more and more examples. I have two daughters, more and more examples of women wild and holy <laughs> running around for them <laughs> just model their lives after as well. That's beautiful. I love it. Oh my gosh. And so, yeah, you did say a touch on it of you're bringing your daughters home to homeschool, which I'm sure was a whole surrendering process in itself. (laughs) And (laughs) like, do you mind sharing just before we end it a little bit on that? Because I know there's a lot of mamas that are in that position where you're at right now of like, I don't want to do this, but I'm feeling the call of the Lord to do so. And mine are two of them are graduated. My older one, she's going to finish out. But I know if I had younger ones, I would be in the same way. And I just know with like all your wisdom that you have and how you've shared so beautifully, there's something that you could probably share that will help a mama right now that's struggling with it. Yeah. And that, that is so hard and it's a hard, so my mom, uh, she's a doctor. She's always worked outside of the home. We've had nannies and stuff and it's always been great. I've never had any kind of complex about it. And so that's the example I saw. And I thought that was beautiful. And I've spent some time home with one of my girls, um, before I had my second and that was beautiful. And, but I, this time around, I felt very conflicted. Um, you know, I have my business going, luckily God has directed me to do this community and like, and then it's just a series of events was all divine. Um, but there was still that internal pressure and it had been building because I, I did want to bring my girls home for a while, but I was like, I, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. They have a good daycare. I, it's not that I'm worried about their care. Like, I don't know, you know? And so I, <laughs> but luckily God is so merciful. So there was just, again, those series of events that kind of forced our hand in a sense. Um, we could have kept on chugging along, but it was very clear it was God. And so I guess for the woman in this position, like, the fundamental belief we need to come back to is, is God good? You know, mm-hmm. if he's calling me to do this is, and I believe he's good, even though there may be doubt and we bring that mustard seed of faith. If I, if he can hold on to that belief that God is good, and that means he's working this all out for the good of my kiddos, for me, my family, whoever is involved, then from that place, you know, hopefully you can begin to water that seed of faith and, and mm. let let your perspective shift so you can see the ways that he's already providing um you know um and then on the practical side um you know thinking through the logistics of that um once you're once you are able to ground yourself in that that trust a bit more you know because once we once we allow God to kind of shift our perspective then things open up that we didn't even think about that were always in front of us you know yeah um so once you've grounded in that trust, then begin to look at how God is already providing, you know, when we flip it, you know, I want to have certainty, then I'll trust. Uh, it's, it goes a lot harder. And actually <laughs> it's funny because certainty is actually more of the antithesis to trust and faith than doubt, right? Because in faith and trust, there implies an element of not knowing the outcome fully. So doubt is great. It's okay that you're doubting and questioning. That's beautiful. yeah know, continue to ground yourself in that and allow God to show you enough so that you can begin to root that trust. Oh, that was beautiful. Thank you. I love that. Yeah. Cause we, we all need one another's insight and just like hearing that we're not alone sometimes when we're trying to navigate through those difficult things. And, um, while I could like talk forever more, 
I know there's a time to wrap it up too, but I wanted to ask one final question. Um, and first of all, I want to say thank you so much for like coming on here and to be sharing and being vulnerable and being real. Cause I like really feel your realness in your heart with things. And that takes a lot of courage. And I appreciate that. Um, is what, what is the message that you would say to the woman that is listening to this? And she's just like, I just feel overwhelmed. I don't even know where to start. Yeah. You can trust yourself. And if you don't trust that, trust me a little bit. Okay. Put your trust, like hold on to my faith for you, but you can trust yourself. And one of the best things you can begin to do is that whole spirit and truth. Just start journaling, start writing. Start paying attention to what's moving on the inside. And if that's hard, you know, reach out to one of us. We'll give you some prompts, you know, um, mm -hmm. but you can trust yourself. You can trust that that God speaks to you. You can trust that he wants to speak to you, that you can, you can trust that you can hear him unequivocally. Mm. Just begin writing, just begin talking into like, do a voice note if it's easier, just begin and hold on to the, that mustard seed of faith that that you can trust yourself and you can trust God and you and God through you. Um, and just watch things change. Mm, that's so beautiful. Thank you so much. And now I'm going to put your um, links in the show notes, but where can they find you to like connect with you or if they want to be a part of your group that you're doing and all of that? Yeah. Yes. So my Instagram handle, which is the best place to find me is the identity alchemist. That's one of my brand names that I, yeah, need to revert back. <laughs> um, or uh, gardenrestored.co. Um, you can find the most up-to-date everything on there as well. Okay. Yeah. And I'll attach the, the links to the show notes and they can just go find it there and find you. So yes, thanks again for being here and for sharing your heart and your wisdom and just being you. Thank you so much for tuning in to Unchained and Untamed. I'm confident that you received exactly what you require to unleash your potential and unapologetically own your feminine heart and soul and be the woman that God has created you to be. It's time to take the next step on your transformational journey. Apply what you've learned and know that I am here to support you every step of the way. I'd love to hear what your biggest shifts and ahas were that you received from this podcast. So make sure to shoot me a message and follow me on Instagram at Schrock underscore Leona. See you there.